0: Hello, everybody. Today, I am so excited to be welcoming Bastian Sibian. Bastian has a pest. I just totally butchered that.
1: (laughs) That's fine. (laughs) No problem. What about we don't edit the episode so that people can have a laugh with us? It's perfectly (laughs) fine fine. with me.
0: That's fine. All right. Try it again. Hello, everyone. Today, I am excited to welcome Bastian Sibian. Bastien has a passion for the tool Asana, which led him to write books, work with clients around the world, and create his own company supporting others using Asana to maximize their time. We are kindred spirits that both love productivity and minimalism, trying to make everything as simple and efficient as possible. Father of two, husband, developer, and consultant, Bastien tries to balance it all. Thank you so much for being here today. I'm so excited to be nerding out about Asana. This is such an exciting topic for me. (laughs)
1: Yes, same. I just love Asana productivity and just talking to someone about those topics is very exciting.
0: Very cool. Well, I just read your bio, but I'd love to kick it to you and learn a little bit more about what brought you into this journey, this business.
1: Yeah, so basically I was lucky enough to be able to turn my passion into my full-time job, which is my today's job, an Asana consultant. It all started, I think about 10 years ago, when I chose Asana to be the work management solution for my first company. We were a small team. We were running an agency, mobile and web development, and we needed a tool to organize ourselves. And we chose Asana and we became quite good. At using Asana itself to a point where I think it made sense for me to help others online and write a bit of content about what Asana was good for and really starting to help others. And I had some requests coming in from people who needed my help. Even someone asked they, they can actually pay me to help, which was the beginning of my side hustle consulting business, which ran for a couple of years. Uh, I was basically being a web developer during the day, and I was doing consulting in the evening and during my lunch breaks. So that those days were really busy days. And sometimes I was working up to three nights a week, working with U.S.-based clients, because the time zone was actually a good thing at the time, because I, I had my full-time job in Europe and working with U.S. clients in the evenings. And then one day, I think it became too much. Even though I was able to work an entire day per week on my Asana business, one day just became too much. And at the same time, Asana reached out to me and a friend of mine and asked us if we wanted to become official partners. And they had this program to help you get off the ground. They would be sending leads to us, help us grow the business. And yeah, that's what we did. So we created a company and started working together. We hired more people, worked with more freelancers, And that's where we are today. We are, I think, a really respected partner in the Asana ecosystem. We get to do what we love all day, every day. I was in a meeting just before this one. We talk about the Asana inbox for one hour with my colleagues, trying to understand how we can improve things in our own space, basically geeking out on Asana. (laughs) And uh, even with all our experience, we still have different ways of managing things and we still have a lot to.
0: That's awesome. I love the kind of side hustle, the full-time journey. That's yeah, but it takes a, so
1: long. It takes it is so, so long, long,
0: but you really get really good at managing your time. So it all kind of works out for the best there. Who tends to be your typical clients now with their with new structure? Who do you often work with?
1: Yeah. So when I started very early, those were like solo entrepreneurs in very small companies. And then I slowly made my way towards bigger clients. And right now we serve companies between 50 and 500 employees. Even a 500 company, we usually divide and conquer, which is helping teams one at a time or even several in parallel. But we found that this approach is usually the best. Yeah. So I guess, yeah, 500 employees is the biggest we help at the moment. Sometimes helping bigger companies, but only a few teams within that bigger company and all industries.
0: I'm so jealous that there's companies out there that are implementing these types of tools for their whole teams. Because I can think back to so many of the past jobs I've had where this would have been so helpful. So what tends to start the process of a company or a solopreneur looking for a time management product tool like Asana?
1: So either they know they need something and they reach out to us to help them decide. So they hesitate between Monday, click up Asana, or just not change anything. So we help them decide. Most of the time, they have been using Asana for a long time, and they just know that they don't use it to its full extent. And they reached the limit of what they could do by themselves with the time they had and the skills they had. So just reach out to us to help train everyone again, improve the processes. So very often we improve what has been created already instead of creating everything from scratch.
0: Oh, okay. That that makes a lot of sense too. And I think that's probably where people get stuck, right? It's, they know that they need the tool. They There's a lot of great options. They pick one and then they kind of fumble with it until they...
1: Yeah, because it seems quite easy and you play around and you like, it's just a to-do list basically have to create tasks, but it goes way beyond than this. And Asana is not a project management, but a work management solution. So it Mm -hmm. goes really far. It even goes to the goals that you can manage at the company level. And I think it's a good thing to be helped. Even something like my task or the inbox, there's a lot to be said about those two topics. And you can very easily miss something that's important in the way the tool works. And also we track every single change that happens on a weekly basis. So we are able to tell you that this thing just changed, this thing will change soon and really help you navigate all the changes that might be happening with the Asana roadmap.
0: I realize that we didn't actually pause to define Asana and to explain what it is to people who may not have heard of it before. So why don't we (laughs) back up a little bit and have you explain it in its most basic terms, what is Asana.
1: It's a work management solution, allowing you to collaborate with your teams or even work by yourself to get work done. Basically, your industry is, even if it's not project oriented, you always have a list of things to do. And that list always gets so long that it's really hard to manage with emails or even a piece of paper. Really important at one point to be able to prioritize things. And then with working with others, it's really important to be able to delegate have some status updates about what you're doing. And I can't imagine only working with emails. Now we just have to juggle too many topics at the same time. So I think a tool like Asana is really important. Yeah. That being said, if you are really good with Excel, you can create something and put something together that's quite decent. But I think Excel is really missing the discussion part, like the comments and the discussions that it doesn't have, which uh, you can have with a tool like Asana.
0: Yeah. Well, actually, you bring up a really good point too about kind of building your own so I always joke that I am such a paper pen person I have an Asana account I love setting it up I'll build it I'll make it all beautiful get everything ready to roll and then I don't touch it for like two weeks because my instinct is paper and pen so when you are working with companies or individuals to help them use the tour you get it all set up and then how do you really work with someone to be consistent with it?
1: I think it helps if you are part of a team. So obviously, in your case, you're just by yourself. It doesn't have any impact if you don't use the it tool. It's just you just work by yourself. If you have a team and people rely on you and they delegate things to you and they need your input on something, if you are the only one not using the tool, you actually impact uh, the team, the entire sure. team. So that, that usually helps. And then we try to always uh, show you the benefits. A piece of paper is usually not long enough so that you can organize an entire project. And as soon as you want to change the order or prioritize things, you have to rewrite everything because that's paper, right? You have to strike through and reorganize. So it usually doesn't make sense. For a very long time, I did have a piece of paper next to me on my desk because I wanted to emphasize a couple of things that were really important for the day. I recently changed and bought a whiteboard that actually sits below my screen. So I have a whiteboard to actually take notes. Because I think that's important to be able to jot down a few things, but then it usually ends up being erased or go into sauna and and just be prioritized and be added to, I don't know, an ID list or bucket list or anything so that it can stay there and I can review that thing later.
0: Yeah, I think that's a really important part of what I like about the tool is that the ability to, again, reshuffle things to see, I love like the my task area because it's, I can see all the tasks that I have in all the different projects all in one spot. And that feels like really good to me to be able to just see what's going on all in one quick snapshot. So, but again, like that, that it's a transition for me. It's like that consistency for it, but the proactive nature of Asana is the other thing that is my favorite part, right? Like it prompts me with reminders, there's due dates there's deadlines, which I can't capture it in the same way in a to-do list or even a paper planner, because you need that that reminder to get started. And Asana has start dates too. You can add a start date.
1: Exactly. Your piece of paper can actually have in the corner, you can have something that says later and you write down something. But again, Mm -hmm. it becomes so long at one point, you might have an entire later piece of paper (laughs) and then becomes unmanageable. And I think I really started to use Asana a lot when I had to do many projects at the same time, like Mm -hmm. writing a book at the same time as running a business, and having a couple of side project. At one point I had to have a list of things to do in order to decide what is my next priority and what should I do today.
0: Yeah. Where do you see people misusing Asana for lack of better term?
1: I think the worst case (laughs) I've seen are people that do not use my task and Inbox, and they only rely on emails they receive. That means they only react to whatever is at the top of the pile. Uh, So they have no way of knowing what they are expected to do by when, what is actually at the top of their to-do list. And it's a really bad usage of Asana. I think that's the worst I've seen. I've seen also like CEOs and managers tell us that Asana was only for their employees and not for them. They wouldn't use it anyway. Uh, but they Mm. wanted the other person from the company to use that tool, it really gives the wrong message. uh, And that's really bad as well. You should be able to assign a task to anyone and have anyone within the company be involved uh, in the tool. I've had people tell me that they wanted to actually spy on people because they had no idea what they were doing. So they really needed to have a tool to see what people were doing, which is one of the worst examples I had. It almost never happened. But at that time, that person really wanted to spy on others which is really not what the tool is made for. Apart from that, most people just want to do a good work, have some clarity, and know exactly what their priorities are.
0: Yeah, I think that company culture piece is so important. And even for solopreneurs, or if it's just you and a virtual assistant, I mean, that accountability piece is really important, right? Like you can see, as you mentioned before, that someone could be slowing down the process if they're not being consistent with it. So there's that accountability piece that you need to complete your part of the project so that then other person can complete theirs. And that communication piece is really important. So I love that you work in some of the company culture and how, again, how this is going to be used across the board, what's the benefit of it for the whole company. So that's really great.
1: Yeah. And another benefit we've seen is that if you want to implement things in Osana, especially workflows and processes, you have to actually map them out, even on a piece of paper. And that step of discussing a process that you have been doing for a long time has a lot of benefits because you can have everyone around the room talk about the process and you make crazy realization. And I've had CEOs realize how complex something has become over the years and finally have someone explain to them how it actually works. So we were able to simplify everything on the spot to to import them into Asana. So I think it has that big benefit of... Actually, putting the um, shining the light on the processes that you've had for a long time.
0: Yeah, I'm smiling because I have vivid memories of doing this on post it notes in my old job. So just know <laughs> exactly what the step by step process was to get anything done. So I love that kind of thinking. And
1: I've had people tell me like when they write a blog post, they would tell me with the CEO in the room, they would tell me I need approval from that person. And then I have to go there to have the approval from them. And then that person also has to go to that department for approval. They had like four different levels of approval for a blog. The CEO was going crazy. He had no idea how complex things have become.
0: Absolutely. Well, you bring up a really good question then is what, Types of things should people be capturing in Asana, especially again as a either solopreneur or a small team. What type of things can Asana be used for?
1: Anything that's project related that's easy, like a marketing campaign, for example, building a website. Those things are easy. Content factory is a good example as well. Managing all the content you want to create, which content, which channel date of publication, proofreading, translating, all of those steps are quite easy to put it put into it to a tool like Asana. And then if you use Asana just like us and you go a bit beyond the initial use case, you can uh, use it as a CRM. So that's what we do. We have okay. all the leads, all the clients, invoices, quotes, all of this, financial dashboards, all of this within Asana. And you can even create some kind of a wiki knowledge base to store information just like a database would. That's really it's not cool. the, yeah, It's not the primary use case, but it does, it does work okay. And it allows you to not have another tool to do those, which has a lot of benefits. Sometimes at our company, we go a bit too far, but that's the goal because we have to see how far the tool can go. But I think it can go pretty far with just the basic features.
0: Yeah, but I like that you brought up the point about, again, it's really about whatever tool you use, it's maximizing it so that you're not spreading yourself or feeling the need to choose five or six different things that work together in this kind of clunky way. Like whatever you pick, lean into it and get the most out of it so that you can streamline your processes. I love that.
1: Yeah, that's why even if Hazana has competitors like ClickUp Monday or other tools, you can pick them, they're fine. You can go really Mm -hmm. far if you really lean into the tool and really try to build something that fits your need.
0: And that's where experts like you come in.
1: Yeah, but I only know asana. I can't. I can't. I can right. tell you why it, why it's good. I can't tell you why it's better than the others. I don't know the others that well.
0: Okay. What is your favorite function in asana?
1: I think the my task view is mm-hmm. amazing. Being able to know exactly what you have to do, when, and decide on the order, and just completing work, you have that that feeling of efficiency and productivity. I think that's really good. And if you feel overwhelmed. You can create different sections, reorganize by priority. You can add other levels of priority. You can postpone something. There's a lot of things you can do, which would be harder to do if you didn't have a system. So I think the my Tasks view is powerful, but gives you the flexibility as well to do what you like. And my own ways of working have evolved drastically over the years. And I keep refining my ways of working. And yeah, that's a very interesting screen.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And you actually, you're really making me want to get back into using it more consistently (laughs) because the other thing that I remember is that with that, my task view is you can actually, I would print the page because you could print that task list. And so then it became this hybrid, like it was all there, but I could physically cross it off. I could make notes and then move things around as I needed to. So now I'm remembering how I, when I was really using it effectively and efficiently, that was one of the tricks that I used sometimes.
1: It's not good for the planet, but you could indeed. uh, I always do recycle.
0: I do. My to-do lists are often half sheets of recycled paper. So I do try my best. What are some of your favorite productivity or your favorite productivity trick?
1: Hiring an assistant. That's (laughs) my favorite trick at the moment. An assistant was actually the first hire we made. We're Mm -hmm. only two at the time and we had an assistant. And I think people usually don't realize how good it is to have someone you can delegate things to and the last time we talked we were talking with her and we were worried that we were dumping on her uninteresting stuff and she said that she liked doing things that other people didn't like that was that what she liked doing so we just became better at delegating and it's really hard to delegate it takes a lot of energy at first but then uh, last week she did 20 hours for example it's 20 hours we would have had to do Anyway, so she took 20 hours off our plate. And the value we get from this is huge based on how much we pay her, how much we get paid for doing consulting. So I think it's really worth it to have one, two, three, or more assistants in your business.
0: (laughs) That's great. I love that. Very practical advice. All right. So I always like to look behind the scenes about how entrepreneurs structure their day and their weekend time. So would you mind walking us through what a normal day or week in your life looks like?
1: Yeah. So basically each day is divided into three periods. I have one third of client sessions that would be training sessions, workshops, audits, coding sometimes for the clients. One third of the day would be about content, creating content, shooting a YouTube video, writing a blog post, reading the forum, answering questions there. And the other third would be admin work, delegating, reading comments, reacting, doing sales intro calls and things like this. So I think three third and each day is almost the same. We have we always have a session with a client here and there and a couple of admin all day and it always looks the same.
0: Okay. And how did you come to structure your day like that? Were you always breaking up into that cadence or is that something you had to work into as your consulting agency grew?
1: For the client sessions, it's quite easy. We have a calendar. We're using Calendly so they can book Mm -hmm. calls with us. Usually our sessions spread across the week pretty naturally. We sometimes block a day when we have too many sessions so we can have time to do something else. The admin work, Just pops up by itself. You have, I have my inbox on the side. I can see that someone wants me to do something. Apparently I will have a look later. And the content is, I think it's part of our DNA. We never do any outreach to clients. They come to us thanks to the content we put out there. Things we've reached and videos we've made and tools we've created. So we know that if we want to keep growing and get clients, we have to create content. And also creating content is for us a good way to really become better because when you explain something, that's the ultimate level of expertise. When you are able to write down and explain something, that's when you actually learn something really deeply. And that's when you become better at the sessions that you deliver because you've written about the topics again and again. So you are able to talk about those hacks and workarounds and tips and tricks and uh, and whatnot.
0: I think that's a really good point i like to recommend some people to like chunking up their day and i think it helps them feel like they could get more done like i say i always say like three to five things on your to-do list but that feels so restrictive to people sometimes but if you think about your day in these three chunks you can actually really maximize your time that way you get a break you get your reset and then kind of stay focused and batch that
1: work yeah in an ideal world i would be able to do content in the morning and clients in the afternoon. The problem is we work with clients all around the world. Mm -hmm. They have different time zones and we need to be available for them. So we need to have hundred percent open agenda. And then I fill in the blanks with other things between sessions. So it's usually a little bit more chaotic than a morning (laughs) on content, but I have my tasks so I can go through the list very quickly and delegate things and postpone and do things very quickly. And I love it. So yeah, it works for me.
0: Yeah, and well, that's a really good point too. Is especially when you have meetings, because I think that's where people lose a lot of time. Is in between meetings, just they think, "What well, can I get done in an hour?" But if you have those tasks broken down, you know exactly what to jump into, and they serve as a really good guidepost to keep you on track during those times. Yeah, and you
1: you can even go as far as categorizing your tasks by the energy you will need to do them and mm-hmm. the size of the task, and if you can. That should help you find something that is small and doesn't require energy, for example, for the end of the day, or something that is quite big and requires energy for the morning. And by doing this, you can put small rocks between big rocks in your... Yeah, I
0: love the big rock, small rock analogy I use it all the time. So I want to talk about your personal Asani use. Do you enter tasks in like at the end of every day? Is it ongoing? Do you do it all at the beginning of the week? that look like for you?
1: When do I enter tasks? Day, every day. All day, every day. <laughs> okay. I capture things all the time using my phone or using the app. And, and then I triage a couple of times a day by rewording the task, finding the right project, delegating, choosing the date. But I just capture things all day, every day.
0: Yeah. I think that's the trick. I think for a lot of people is making sure that you're just what you would write down, you type in. Essentially, speaking that translation.
1: Yeah, I, I do have my whiteboard in front of mm-hmm. me, load the screen. That helps me jot down a few words uh, if I can't type. But uh, otherwise, I would type everything very quickly. Very often, I can't even understand what I typed as a task <laughs> name. But most of the time, it's fine. I can I can understand what I intended to do and
0: translate it later. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Sure. All right, cool. How do you deal with when things come up unexpectedly? So you have your kind of day structured. How do you adjust when things come up that's unexpected?
1: I think again, the my task view allows me to know exactly what's really important, knowing that what is not within my top priority section is not that important and can be pushed away. So depending on what I have within that section and the meetings I have, I'm able to find a slot to do something. And I think in today's world people are also quite okay with you rescheduling things if you have to so it's quite easy to reschedule something that allows you to have like a clear to clear one or two hours from your calendar if something comes up and we try to map out all the processes we have internally that allows us to really help each other if we have to and delegate to one as well as delegate to assistants. So sometimes if I have to do a presentation very quickly, I can ask my assistant to put down together a few slides. I will give her instructions, she can format and change the layout for me and I can have my colleague prepare like a demo account or something at the same time. So a tool like Asana can help me divide any big thing into smaller things and delegate parts of that big topic.
0: Yeah, I love that. Breaking those things down is critical, right? Especially just to get you started, right? That way you know exactly what to get started on. So I love that.
1: Yeah. And what I'm really hopeful about is the chat GPT thing. We are starting to implement this within Asana directly. So we have chat GPT available as, as a member of our account, so we can ask it question. And I think in some of the processes we have, that could be a step within the process. Like, can you write me an email that says blah 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 with a joke in the at the end and you wait for the answer and then you have people building on top of this i think that could really help streamline some of the processes we have
0: yeah i was just playing around with that this weekend and it's a very cool it's intriguing i'm so yeah i'm excited to see what that Yeah, to grow into and where we see
1: it but delegating to an assistant is hard and i think delegating to an ai it's even harder because you really have to write down the right way and i think it's really a skill to be able to ask an ai the right question but it's going to become more and more important obviously
0: yeah i completely agree with that i think it's very cool all right well i have a couple rapid fire questions before i have you share where people can find you and learn more about you Are you a morning person or a night person?
1: Morning. If I work after 7 pm, I can't sleep because my brain just fires up. So morning person, definitely.
0: Okay, I love that. This we may already know the answer to this question, but paper and pen or digital for task management? Uh,
1: Digital with a whiteboard where I can take some notes. Sure, perfect.
0: And what's your favorite way to relax?
1: Cleaning up my house and cleaning up my desk. And sorting my clothes and just yeah,
0: oh, just a
1: minimalist. So I just love cleaning stuff.
0: Yeah, that was my whole weekend was organizing. We got rid of a bunch of stuff, decluttering. It feels great. Decluttering. Yes, (laughs) I love that. Well, Bastian, this has been awesome. Where can people find you and learn more about you and Asana and all the great tips that you have?
1: LinkedIn is the best place. So that's the only place I'm really active there and the Asana forum, but it's a, it's for geeks, the forums, So LinkedIn would be the best place.
0: Perfect. Well, we'll have all that in the show notes and I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for sharing your Asana knowledge. And like I said, I am inspired to, to restart, dust off my account and make sure that I'm cool. using it to this maximum. Let,
1: let me know how it goes. Sounds good.
0: Thanks so much. Thanks. Thank you for enjoying another episode of From Overwhelmed to Under Control. I hope you're feeling one step closer to your goals. Don't forget to check out the show notes and follow along on Instagram at Chelsea and Coaching. I look forward to talking to you soon.